Here's to courageous pioneers who understand a legacy is multifaceted. Welcome to our Legacy Planning Podcast, a podcast for leaders and visionaries of all ages. Whether you are an independent entrepreneur or someone who is part of a family business, you too can leave something of value behind for a greater purpose. Perhaps your legacy will improve workplace cultures, seize authentic moments, or inspire others with your talent. Your host, Angelina Carlton, is the founder of Design Your Legacy, a boutique advisory firm based in Beverly Hills, California. She is a mentor and coach to leaders like you and has contributed to Alliance, a philanthropy magazine, as well as to women in family business. She has been recognized by Los Angeles Biz as an LA woman of influence, as well as by World HRD Congress for her work. Remember, you deserve great coaching because your legacy is worth completing. Good morning. I would like to welcome Carlos Gonzalez Casas, the founder of Family Sapiens. He's going to speak today about both what makes Latin family businesses wonderful, as well as some of the challenges that they are facing today. So welcome, Carlos. Hello, Angelina. Thank you very, very much for this invitation. Uh, it's, I have to say it's my first interview in English, so I really appreciate it. It is my pleasure. It is my pleasure. So if uh, we were to break the ice, what could you share about yourself professionally as well as personally? Well, personally, I am the father of two daughters, twins, beautiful. Uh, I have a beautiful fiance also, and I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. I actually this year uh, I will be it will be my twentieth anniversary as a lawyer. Okay. Okay. And I I never liked you know trials. I never liked that contentious way to approach conflict. And I was always uh, very, very fun of negotiation. And I had the opportunity to attend Harvard negotiation uh, in that regard. They, you know, they, they have this uh, applied, uh, applied research center called the program of negotiation in which I, I had the opportunity to study okay. uh, with, I mean, the father of the negotiation project, uh, Roger Fisher. Okay. And that somehow, led me to this field of family businesses. Ah, that was the inspiration. Yes. Well, I, actually, that was part of inspiration. The other part is that I come from a family business okay. that went bankrupt. And when a family business went bankrupt, that uh, really affects you not only economically, but also personally. Of course, the emotion. Yes. Yeah, it's very personal. Yeah. Yes, they say is. we learn the most from... Uh, the tough times. Yes. But we uh, rarely want to volunteer for those tough experiences. <laughs> uh, the, the Chinese, I think, they say that if you lose, don't lose the lesson. Yes. And I think that's what I'm trying to do here. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I almost would say that you, you would like others to not feel the pain that you had to go through. Yes, definitely. Uh, I know what the job to be done with family businesses. Wonderful. My grandfather graduated from Harvard a very long time ago, so I realized their education programs are wonderful. They're very yes, quality. yes. You know the, I mean, the, the whole atmosphere is amazing. We had speakers like Gorbachev or you know Robert McNamara talking about the, the missile crisis in '62. I mean, it was right, amazing. right. It broadened your your worldview and your perspectives. Yes, definitely. 
Good, good. So before I move on to the next question, um, may I ask what was the family business? What country was it in, if you're willing to share? Well, uh, right now uh, at Family Sapiens, we're working essentially in three countries. Okay. Uh, the first one is Venezuela, where I am original from. Uh, the second one is Colombia. I'm also a Colombian citizen. Okay. And the uh, Dominican Republic, which is like my adopted country. I love the Dominican Republic. Good. But the idea is to uh, spread our message throughout whole Latin America. From the Hispanic communities in the United States all the way to Argentina. Wonderful. Yeah, I think it's important. And one of the questions I'm going to ask in a little bit is about how better can Latin family businesses support one another and network? Okay. Well, uh, that, that's a great question. Okay. We can um, skip to it I mean right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I mean is that I don't know exactly why, but unfortunately, the family businesses see themselves here in Latin America as isles, as, as like islands. If they had this, like islands, yes, they have this giant separation among them. Okay, and one of the work we want to do is to uh, raise awareness about the importance of networking between them. That that's a very important thing. What what do you think causes that separation? Is it fear? Is it uh, like a little cultural differences? Is it? I, I wouldn't say little. I would say gigantic cultural differences. You know, okay. in, in the United States, uh, very often the American people think that Latin America is like one country. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've yeah. been asked if I speak Mexican, and Mexican is, is a nationality, it's not a language, the language is Spanish. <laughs> Right, right. And the thing is that Mexico is totally different from Uruguay and Venezuela is different from Chile or Peru or Nicaragua or Cuba or whatever. Okay. The, the point here is that we do have some cultural differences, even okay. though we speak the same language. Yeah. Okay. And another important factor is that I don't know why exactly that's one of the topics we, we make research on is that we have like this, I don't know if this is the right way to translate it, but it's like a midget mentality. Like I mean, small thinking? Yeah, really, really, it's like nano thinking. Okay. And, and let me tell you why. Because a small business in, in the US, it has like a three to five million a year, and that's small business. Okay. That would be a huge business in all Central America, you know, Costa Rica or Honduras, even Uruguay or Chile. Okay. And it's like the ambition, we lack ambition maybe. Okay. Or maybe uh, it's, it's like the ecosystem is like too small. Okay. And the support uh, I mean, that's there. To it's, a, it's a matter of size, the size of the thinking, you know. They, they're, we are small thinkers sometimes. Yeah, so what do you think might be able to slowly change that in baby steps? Because I really appreciate that you're speaking exactly to uh, what you're seeing in the landscape and calling it out and acknowledging it. Well, uh, one of the things is to, to raise awareness. That's why I, I think it's important to talk about this and, okay. Yes, yes, and that's why the Instagram Live we conduct every week okay. uh, was born. 
okay. the idea is to bring people like yourselves uh, and all the important people of many areas to talk about the topic of family businesses and how finance, how succession, how uh, strategy, how conflict management and many other topics have a very important incidence in the present and the future of the family business. I, I wanted to acknowledge that you are very smart and strategic by offering a variety of interviews with Latin family businesses so that other people can see what their world is like and understand that they too are not so different from them. One important thing is that I want them to see the, an, a good example, you know. I interviewed a company that was, I mean, they are in the rum business and they want to be, they want to be the first premium rum in the world. Okay. And that's not a big hack. Tell me what it is. Okay. That's yes. the kind of stuff I want to show in the love. I want them to dream. I want right. them to have big, big dreams, you know, mm -hmm. not only to have a, what we call a survival business, right. maybe to sell something that can pay more or less the bills. Right. But what about dreaming? What about having really great expectations about your project? You know? Absolutely. And what, that's one of the things. And that company I'm telling you about, it's called Ron Santa Teresa. Okay. If, if you drink, I really recommend it. It's a okay. great, great rum, especially the 1796. Okay. And that's the date in which it was originated. Okay. 1796. Imagine that. They have survived even the independence war and they have survived you know the last 20 years of venezuela that's not well i i don't want to speak about that right the thing is the thing is that these companies have some secrets you know and one of the things i want my 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 guests at the live is to speak about what those secrets are so someone with a small business say, oh, maybe I can do that. And, and I will have the same result. It's, insp it's, it's inspirational. Yes. Yes. And I also yes. just wanted to define BHAG, just in case somebody doesn't know. They're big goals. Yes. Big yes. heritage goals. Yes. 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 Yes, it's a kind of an internet lingo. Absolutely. I, I think it's wonderful that you're encouraging your clients to dream big because there is the practical products and services that we can create in an economy. But then there's also what yeah. we are passionate about in our hearts. Yes, and totally, totally. Maybe a part of that is artistic. Maybe a part of that is the celebration of life. Like, for example, with rum or uh, any type of, you know, alcohol, it, it can be, you know, yeah. when people get together for weddings and receptions and to enjoy the Sunday afternoon and so forth. So it's not necessarily, um, you know, like a very pragma pragmatic, practical product. You know what, the, that actually, it's a great example of a resilient company. Actually, I don't think it's a resilient company. I okay. think it's an anti-fragile company. Because, you know, resilience is that something that happens and you can cope with it. Okay. But an anti-fragile family business is one that receives, you know, the negativity of the circumstances. And that thing transforms the company to a better one. Okay. And I'm sure that Ron Santa Teresa is a great example of an anti-fragile company. Okay. You know, they... they in, two, in the year 2000, there were 
I I know this this is word is this word is used you know in wars with countries, but okay. in Venezuela is used uh, as a very colloquial way to say that a group of people invaded the <laughs> you know the lands of Rosalinda Teresa yes. yes. literally they okay. invaded that right and the owner Alberto Volmer. Uh, who he, who, I mean, his, the history of his family even goes back to independence. Okay. And he sat with these people and told him, I will let you invade my lands, but let me invade your minds. And okay. he saw the negotiation, uh, I have to say, a very poverty way. That was very diplomatic. I mean, it's yes, compared yes, to asymmetrical. Yes. Yes, totally asymmetrical because these invaders had the support of the country of, of the state. Sure. And he managed to make, uh, I mean, the the mayor of the little town helped. Uh, they even helped making the you know the architecture arrangements for the homes of these guys. Uh, they even gave them work at the company and nowadays i mean alberto is the is the godfather of the son of the leader of the invasion so he it, and, and kudos to him because he worked smartly compared to yeah. saying i will be a victim to the circumstances yes he yeah he definitely is an example yes yeah and it's interesting sometimes when we ask a question we forget that the worst thing that can happen is the other party can say no yeah yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, so he was courageous. He was courageous, and I think time has rewarded because nowadays, in which I mean, Venezuela is a country in which in 1998 we had approximately 900,000 companies. Nowadays, we have less than 300,000. Wow. Okay. And the thing is that one of the survivors, and not only a survivor. I mean, Rosalinda Teresa is thriving. They right now are exporting goods toward 80 countries in the world. Okay. They have this alliance with another family business, Bacardi. Okay, okay. That we were speaking earlier about the importance of networking and alliances. That's a great example too. Yeah, I, I just also want to acknowledge uh, that he really stepped into his leadership because if he didn't do it, who else around him was going to do it? So either yeah. he changes the tide of the country, the, the culture of family business, his own family heritage and, and the legacy they're going to leave behind. Or if nobody does it, it it's, it you know. Uh, one of the things is you, you just mentioned a word that's very important in the family business field, which okay. is legacy. Okay. And the thing is, a, a legacy is something so important. You want it to live, I mean, when, that when you go and you leave that behind, your, your sons and daughters will take care of it. The thing is that in Latin America, the majority of the companies are too small to even think about a legacy. And I think that our mission is to help them develop their full potential and because the legacy is mm -hmm. is an idea sometimes too ambitious they don't even dare to think about 
Yeah, I was just going to mention that um, it's important that they can get to a place where they can shift their mind out of survival and to begin to imagine and dream again. That's the, the mind shift we're trying to do here. Because it's in all of us. It's not in some of us. It's in all of us to yes. and, and sometimes it can what I call um, it can re revert us back to childhood moments where somebody might have asked, what did you want to be or do when you grow up? And sometimes the answer could have been, I wanted to go to the moon. I wanted to yes. save the world, whatever that thing is, because children don't have limitations on them yet. But they but they have that. Go ahead, please. Well, it, the, the thing is that uh, I mean. This is why I love family business as okay. a field because it's it's cross disciplinary, and we have topics like economy strategy, but also some things more emotional like transcendence and even you know the scars of the child that okay. present themselves in the dynamic and the communication and the negotiation within the family that makes business, and I do think that somehow. Uh, the way we raise our children in Latin America also has a very important and direct consequence on how we conduct businesses, you know? Okay, tell me about this. The thing is that, let me give you a little example. Once I was uh, in a vacation, I was on vacation in Margarita. A, okay. It was a very beautiful island in Venezuela, a very touristic one. And I was like, you know, 15, maybe. I saw this little kid uh, around, the, around the, the pool. Okay. He was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe two. Okay. And I was worried about him because I was like thinking, maybe he's going to fall. Oh, where are, where are his parents? And right. his parents were there, but they were speaking between them. They were no worried at all. And I was like, almost yelling at them, please be careful, your son is here, he, he might fall. Okay. And they were like, if he falls, he knows how to, how to swim. Okay. The thing is, the way we raise our children, we are very, uh, there's an expression we use is papagallina or mama gallina. Okay. It's like the, the chicken mom okay. or the chicken we're very protective and sometimes that leads to a child that needs to ask permission for many things oh like a heli helicopter parent helicopter parent that's yes. expression yes 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 and i'm sure that that way of raising our children has a an effect and not a very good one maybe because that's why we don't have so many billionaires here and we do have a potential mm -hmm. we do have you know all the possibilities in the world to make, to have uh, world-class companies. Yes. From Brazil to Uruguay, to Chile, Venezuela, Colombia, and so on. But I think it's not only a matter of politics or even the, the economy of our countries. I think it's a matter of how we were raised okay. and how those paradigms of our childhood affect how we conduct our family businesses today. Absolutely, that mindset piece, as well as what we believe is possible. Yes, I, yes. I, I absolutely think that.
And I think a part of that condition has to do with uh, not wanting the children to get hurt. So we say to them, uh, don't yes. even go out there and scrape your knee. Don't even go out there. And I don't think Latino parents would have led their children to go and conquer the uh, be pioneers of the West. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, uh, the West and East Coast were united, I think, in 1869. Okay. 1869. I mean, we don't have trains here. Interesting. Okay. Maybe Argentina, uh, as a Latino country that has most uh, railroads. Okay. But in, in general lines, I mean, I know we uh, as countries have this corrupt politics that. that in the well, background. Uh, yes, that erodes many possibilities. But even with that ecosystem, that very harsh environment, mm -hmm. you have some amazing fortunes. And I can speak about the Cisnero Group, okay. which now is a international group. I mean, uh, the founder, Diego Cisneros, uh, he was born in Cuba, but he was raised here in Venezuela. Okay. He started his business with a little truck that he transformed into a bus. Okay. Uh, in I in eighteen that I'm speaking about the thirties or forties. Okay. In nineteen eighty four, they were billing they were billing like two and a half billion a year. Okay. Nineteen eighty four dollars. That's huge. That's um, humongous. Uh, and uh, now they are in the third generation. The leader of the group is uh, Adriana Cisneros, the actually the the, the littlest. Okay. And the group is making, you know, a strategic planning for the next half a century. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I want our family businesses or small and, um, and medium family businesses to aspire. In that visionary thinking. Yes. Yes. So not and just. That's, that's another thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that vision, sometimes if you have a survival family business, uh, if, it's, if it pays the bills, it's great. Okay. It's more than great. That's okay. it. Okay. But where's the vision? Where's the vision? Where's the big hack? And that's the thing. We want the small Latino family businesses to comprehend the importance of strategic vision, how to devise a plan, uh, how to stick to it. Yes. An ambitious plan. Yes. I was going to add, I think this is one of the areas where the value of coaches and advisors comes in because it can offer yeah. that community, that support, and that network so that they are not alone in doing that. Because one of the things that can be scary about big goals is simply to dream again. Because what if I dream and it doesn't work out? What if I dream and it doesn't come true? So I, if do you I stay- remember, Do you remember what I told you about the little kid? What if he had fallen into that pool? Okay. Well, the parents were very secure that he was going to swim, but mm -hmm. if he couldn't, they were there. Mm -hmm. Watching. I mean, the thing is, the the American, Canadians, on very much Europe, okay. are very. Uh, how do I say that? You understand, guys, that error and mistakes are only steps of the success. Uh, right. Right. Compared we see the mistakes are something horrible that should never happen and i prefer to freeze 
in order to avoid any possibility of wrongdoing. Because of the shame or the embarrassment that can come with those quote or failures. Damage or, or the consequences in general. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have that, if we don't allow the, ourselves to have those, those minimal viable, viable products, right. how do we start? It thickens. How do we compete? Absolutely. It thickens someone's skin to fail, but they have to see failure in the context and in the perspective that it's just a part of the development process. Yes, but we do not. Well, that's my hypothesis. Okay. I'm not really wrong, but okay. what I see in my, in my business, what I see with my clients is that they are really, really scared about making mistakes because they think that those mistakes can be fatal to the business. Yes. But if you don't take those chances, you'll right. never grow. It's interesting how often uh, we can become comfortable in our ways. And the idea of what I call metaphorically making a new path to the mailbox can be yeah. revolutionary. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I think that those um, maybe anthropological reasons are among the other reasons that prevent you know latin american or hispanic okay. family businesses to grow i think so, if we change that we are going to be able to see you know more latino leaded companies in you know the fortune 500 and indexes like that right i think i remember that the slogan of brazil used to be something about tomorrow and it will happen tomorrow like the country's logo uh, well, that, that's, I think, a very frequent attitude here in Latin America. I mean, if you say three o'clock, okay. well, it might be four. It's okay. Don't okay. worry. If it's not today, it's going to be tomorrow. It's, it's, it's all right. Right. And I think we have to find some common ground between, between you know, the, what's needed in order to build world-class companies and our culture. Combined with the two. Yes, and one example about Brazil, precisely, is Nubank. I don't know if you've heard of Nubank. A little bit, please. Nubank is uh, the biggest neobank in the world. It was founded by this Colombian guy called David Vélez from Medellín. Okay. Medellín not only produced Pablo Escobar, also produces a David Vélez. Okay. And he created, with the support of Sequoia Capital, in Silicon Valley, okay. this neobank that started as a mad project and right now is the fifth biggest bank in Brazil, a country with almost 200 million people. And it also, it also has presence in Mexico and has just arrived in Colombia. Uh, right now, their market cap is around, it's a little bit more than 10 billion. Okay. It's not a unicorn. Unicorn is only a billion. There are okay. like 10 unicorns. Okay. And this will only grow. I want to see more new banks in Latin America. Absolutely. What do you think is the value that they bring to their customer base? And I realize I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Well, banks are usually made to make the banker rich. Absolutely, with interest. To, not, yes, not, not to make the client happy. Okay. And I think they're shifting that paradigm they want their clients happy because happy clients will bring more clients and, they'll and tell people. I can bring value to those happy clients that will be even happier. In the ripple effect. That's, 
Yes, yes, yes. It, it's a it's a virtuous loop. Okay. So they can then, and so what a wonderful idea. They can then uplift the communities all around Latin America. So what I'm hearing is if more uh, Latin family businesses came forward and Latins had confidence in their ideas, they could find the funding, they could find the partnerships and the support and change the landscape and not have to rely on past examples, uh, any corrupt governments and so forth. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy to blame just the governments. Mm -hmm. But what about my share? What about what I can do? And of course, here comes a child says, with this mindset saying, no, you cannot do that. No, until here is all right. right. It's, it's all right if you don't uh, fulfill, I mean, if you don't develop your full potential. It's okay. Right. But what I think is uh, we're trying, what we're trying to do at Family Sapiens is to bring, I mean, to raise awareness and to make the family businesses to acquaint each other. I mean, at the live, we have uh, participants from Uruguay, from Colombia, from the Dominican Republic, from Mexico, from Venezuela. And the thing is, I want them to see that this is an ecosystem. They're not alone. They're not islands. And they need each other in order to grow to the levels we can compete with ikea right. we can compete with exxon mobile we okay. can compete with i know goldman sachs yes i think you that's what yeah i think that's a, a terrific idea in the seed that you're planting because that that leadership then changes the you know how they'll decide their activities in the next day and then i can give you an example with myself okay uh, what prevents me i mean this teeny tiny family uh, consulting firm in Venezuela, the Dominican Republic in Colombia to compete tomorrow with KPMG or Pricewaterhouse Cooper or McKinsey. Or Deloitte, and, yes. Or Deloitte or, or, or the know, main the company. Or the MBBs. Right. And uh, the, here's the thing. All those companies have representation, have offices in Brazil, Colombia, Mexico. I mean, it's not the market. The market's there. Right. The need is there. But, the need is huge. Uh, maybe, yeah. May, no, maybe it's because we don't have the people that has gone to university and have the proper degrees. That's a lie. Uh, the majority of the of the workers of those big companies in those countries are from those countries. I mean, okay. the the in Mexico the consultants are Mexican. In Colombia are Colombians. In Nicaragua Nicaraguans, and so on. Okay. And. If it's not the market or the size of the market, and if it's not the manpower, what the hell is? Okay. And I think is we lack ambition. And I have to say, I do not. I do not lack ambition. I yeah. do want to build a huge corporation, a huge corporation, a consulting company that will really bring value to those little ones that the big companies no, pays no attention to. Yeah, I wanted to acknowledge, I think it is also an act of spirit. Yes, yes. I, I do think so. Yeah. Yeah. To say that I'm not going to allow something outside of myself to determine the future or what is yeah, possible. Something about being the master of your faith. Yeah, absolutely. So like there's a distinction between like our, our outer environment and then the uh, how we develop our inner environment with like what you talked about, yes. the emotional skills of uh, mindset and beliefs and being able to look at that reflectively and then choosing more, choosing better. 
because it's it, it's in all of us. I, I love that expression, choosing more and choosing better. Yes. So there's a, a quick story about, uh, have you ever heard of the neural net? No. Yes. So here's a quick story and then I'll go on to the next question. So if I were to say okay. to you, uh, Carlos, would you like to go skydiving with me today? Your neural net might say, well, that's pretty scary. I've never gone skydiving before. I don't know about okay. that. Thanks so much for inviting me, Angelina. But your spiritual self would say, let's go. Let's jump. Let's okay. do it. Yeah. So that's the distinction between the neural net and the spiritual self. And, and so one of the things is, as through coaching and advisory, when you can say to your clients and catch them in the neural net, just say, you know, it's okay, you're just in your neural net. But when you're ready to jump over to the spiritual side, the sky is the limit because our spirits don't have that same conditioning of, oh, I fell down and I got hurt and I got wounded. Well, I think, you know, this movie that was, uh, it was Jim Carrey, I think. Okay. Yeah. It was called Jazz Man, I think. Okay. He he had like this. I don't know if it's it's a course or that that spell on that he had to say yes to everything. And I think that's very much part of the American culture to say yes, uh, yes, bring me uh, every circumstance you want, a uh, battle or good. Uh, I will go. I will keep going forward. The pioneering in, spirit. Latin American case, the pioneer spirit. Yes, yes. I mean, you, your country is nine times a little bit more Venezuela, okay. and it's a huge country. And even though right now, you know, they have like those spiritual crisis because China is going to be the biggest economy. I mean, come on, it's like five times the population of America. Right. You are a great country. And not only in size, but in spirit, as you said, because the thing is that that pioneer sense of things, you still have, have it. Mm -hmm. We have to develop it. We have to develop that pioneer sense. And all those uh, Latin American entrepreneurs like David Vélez or Gustavo Cisneros or El Tigre Azcárraga in Mexico and many other examples, they have not only made themselves rich and their families, they have created jobs, they have paid taxes, they have made social responsibility available for communities, they have, bring, they have brought um, diversity to the markets. But one of the most important things is that they escape that mental prison of their childhood that you only have to do right. what you're supposed to do. Yes. That that's a that's a really good distinction, because like when you talked about it before, um, you know what we bring forward. Like if we unpack the the DNA memories, there's a lot that people bring forward, but they are still at choice always to say, um, you know, I can I can do it differently, or you I know, won't be imprinted by are, those. There are a, there there is this expression about the collective unconscious. Yes. I think there is a family unconscious. There's a family culture. Like, yes. Yes. And yes. I, I think there is, it's like, it works like uh, you have this cloud in which all the family members are connected. Yes. Energetically. Yes. Energetically. Yes. And spiritually and culturally. And the thing is that sometimes that's good for your goals and sometimes right. it prevents it's preventing you to attain your goals. 
And you have to, to get to that aha moment in which you say, okay, if I follow this path that was uh, marked by my family, I will get or I will not get to my goals. And if we as coaches or as consultants, as advisors, help our clients to have that aha moment, they're going to do much better. Yes, I was going to add to that, that if one family member heals, it can be contagious. Yes, I it, love that expression. Yes, it can be contagious. You know, it, sometimes black sheep are not that bad. Yes, because <laughs> they're willing to and they dare to be different. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Very, very well said. Thank you. So um, are there any statistics that would be important to know? Uh, about that you might know from top of mind? Well, about that, that's one of the things we've been doing at Family Sapiens. Uh, what I mean is, if you start in the family business, you'll see, you know, uh, the research of John Ward in Chicago. He studied for 60 years uh, family businesses. Okay. And everybody take that information as a truth, as a truth of, uh, as a belief of faith. Okay. Uh, it's like a... What the Pope says, okay, yes. Oh, it must, oh, right. Uh, it tells a part yeah. of the story. Yes, okay. Yeah, it tells us about some companies in the United States. And the United States is not necessarily very uh, similar to a Nicaraguan company or Colombian or Venezuelan or Argentinian company. We have to make our own research. We have to, make, we have to, to attain our own findings. And that's yes. part of what we're doing. We okay. have this little collaboration with the Dominican Republic um, government. Okay. Yeah, we have done, we have conducted our own research in Venezuela. We are about to do it in Colombia. And what we see is things like this. Uh, from every hundred uh, family businesses in the Dominican, Dominican Republic, only, only 20 speak about succession. Okay, I was going to get to that next, but please keep continue. The thing is that the same result we found it in Venezuela. Actually, even even a small a smaller uh, result. The thing is, succession is a very important part of every family business. It's how you put what the company has accumulated in the hands of the new generations. Okay. But that topic, they don't want to discuss it, but it's like invoking that. I mean, it's like the, there's a cultural bias that is preventing you to plan ahead how the company is going to be run in the future when the leaders, when the founders are not here, mm -hmm. and how the, you know, all, all the, not only the richness, I'm, I'm speaking about the know-how, it's going to be transmitted to okay. one generation to, to the other. The intellectual capital? Yes, intellectual capital is very important. It's not about money. It's not about and, assets only. It's about know-how. And the proprietary knowledge, yeah. That's why the slogan, just to interrupt real quick, of uh, legacy planning is uh, wealth from knowledge because uh, legacy can be property and financial assets, but it also has to be that knowledge because if the knowledge is lost, then uh, it, what it will- would be what, what is Coca-Cola without its formula? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the, the good, 
the good news is I yeah. think that that when um, one family business does it and then 10 do it and then 100 do it and then 1000, it becomes less of what can feel like outside of the box. Uh, Daniel Goleman, you know, the father of emotional intelligence, speak yes. about how some emotions are very contagious. Yes. And yes. what we're trying to do here is to start this spark mm -hmm. that will definitely inspire others to do the same. I mean, if I see that's possible, maybe I can do it. But if everybody says that I cannot do it, I might it, believe them. Yes, it makes it safer if there's others going with you on that journey. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I think that uh, when if we talk about the subconscious, if we walk into a room and everybody's laughing, we find ourselves laughing and we don't even know why, just as if we walk into a room and everybody is angry, we start to feel angry. Well, actually the experiment of Goleman says that who transmit what to whom? Mm -hmm. And he said that the people that more eloqu eloquently transmit its feeling okay. contagious the other one that was that's the so impact we're, we... we're, yeah we're trying to be very uh eloquent and very outspoken and at the lives that we okay. we we do every week because if you want to inspire and make them think that they can also attain great goals right they have to be uh they, ha they have to see that these people make this journey before and, them yes maybe before made this journey before them and they also were afraid at some point yes of course yes i think that's a wonderful um task that you've taken on task is not the right word but i think like for example if we ask the question of did our parents plan and if we didn't see them plan what is the likelihood that we're going to plan so yes. when we get to see role models, whether they are related to us or not, it starts to like through the repetition, plant the seeds that, oh, okay, well, I'm seeing that this is more common. Like you have said before, I am not alone. Look how many others are going forward with courage and they don't necessarily have a roadmap. They're just finding their way. They're just finding their way. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly, yes. What would you say has impacted family businesses the most in the past year? Well, uh, I think that Latin America uh, had this challenge even before the pandemic, because I mean, the fourth revolution, the fourth industrial revolution was already here, but I had clients, uh, I, I, I proposed uh, many Many times, I'm, 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 how do I say this? I told them very, very often, maybe we can have this conversations or this sessions uh, through Zoom or maybe other platforms. And they were like, really? I mean, why? Why would we do that? Okay. Right now, this is the standard and it's, it has changed our lives forever. Yes. And I'm sure. In the future, in the near future, we're going to have a hybrid uh, way of system. life. Yeah, and way yes. of doing business. Yes. But I mean, the Zoom meetings on Instagram Lives and so on are here to stay. Maybe the platforms will change. Maybe it's not going to be Instagram. Maybe it's going to be TikTok in 10 years. Right. But the thing is that Latin America this past year saw that technology is not something to be afraid, technology is something. 
place. It's a tool that we can we can take advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what you're referring to is how quick it pivoted and how willing people were yes. to catch up. The good, yes. the good news about the fourth industrial revolution is that anybody who has a cell phone, in some ways it's created a horizontal playing field because if they are willing to show their face on camera, they can show somebody what their business is all about. They can walk customers through the floor of their factory. They can tell yeah. the story of the origin of the business and they can do it from the comfort of their own home office or living room or it's right. limitless it's limitless what we it, can do now is limitless yes i mean but it, we were very local and that's that's what i wanted to say i mean latin american family businesses were by definition extremely local i mean hey. if you were in montevideo uruguay or if you were in bogota colombia your clients were you know 10 blocks away from you but right now you can have clients, of course, in the service areas more than in product areas, but that, that's also changing. Okay. You started to understand that the limit of your market is set by you. It's a new way of thinking. Yes, it's a yes. new way of thinking. And I can understand um, why there might be some hesitation just in the sense of, let's say I, I put my product onto Amazon.com. Yes, it could open me up to a global audience, but then what comes with that? What if I don't know how to handle it? What if there's nobody there yes. like Carlos to help me? Yes. Uh, that's another thing. That's another characteristic I think we, we have in our Latin American businesses is that it's very common, even for a small business in the US or in France or Spain or England, to have advisors. Here, uh, that custom is very strange. Only big companies have advisors. Okay. A small business say, first, I don't need that. I know everything there is to know about my business. Oh, One. yes, yes. And second, how do I pay that? Oh, right, right. See? Yeah, they would have to. And, and this, you know, interactions via a cell phone, mm -hmm. Uh, has made very cheap to provide advice to small businesses. Right, if they're willing to tune in and open their mind. Yeah, of course. I mean, the uh, well, what I call the ideal client for a firm is a client that first is mature enough to comprehend the value that a consultant can add to its operation. Mm -hmm. And second is that they have big goals. Not big pockets, not big pockets, but big yes. goals. The hunger within them. Big goals. Yes. It, actually, one of the the in, in, one of the value the values of New Bank, this Brazilian Neo Bank I told you about, okay, is to always be hungry. It's huge. Yes, compared to uh, resting on one's laurels, and yes, yes. Yes, and I think there's so much to do in Latin America. So much. I mean, there's even so much potential. In the Hispanic yes, mm -hmm. there, even the Hispanic communities of family businesses in the United States. I mean, is KPMG or Deloitte going to serve, going to seek for clients that are small? No. No, they're not. Right. But small 
uh, five business firms as mm -hmm. Homo sapiens or legacy or many others that are in this continent would love to have a real conversation. And I, I have to stress that a real conversation about what they're doing today and what they are capable of doing tomorrow. And I know betting on their future, I think is what we're doing. Yes, I think the benefits of coaching uh, are tremendous. They're generational. They can, so if I think about, um, so this might be an American example, but if I think about a professional athlete, where would they be if, they're, if they didn't have the coach? I think Tiger Woods has had 10 coaches, the golfer, 10 Tiger Woods, the golfer. Uh, actually, yes. if you see, I mean, there is no one big businessman in the United States without a coach. Right. It, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Okay, good, good. What you do you have Big Camp, uh, Bill Campbell, you know, he was the right. coach of Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, and, and he's, he's only one example of many. Right. Well, I think that uh, it, it's slowly going to change in the future through awareness and having these conversations that people yes. will begin to understand that it, it is accessible to them, that it does matter to them. And it's also relevant to their business, to their life, to their family, to their future compared to, um, you know, like you had said before about the fourth industrial revolution, it seemed so far away and yet it is here and it's, yes, and it's it requiring us to grow. And it's not Carlos Gonzalez saying that, it's, mm -hmm. you know, the big reset. I mean, the, the World Economic Forum is talking about the big reset. I mean, guys, we're gonna change the world. Right. Uh, you're welcome to join us, but if you don't, the market is gonna kick you out, that's it. Yes. So uh, speaking about uh, the changes, what do you think are some of the best decisions Latin family businesses have made uh, given these changes in the past year? Well, first, they started to think about future. And that impacts, you know, to devise a strategy. Mm -hmm. Second, they started to plan ahead, financially speaking. Uh, many families didn't uh, have many, you know, like savings to cope with what happened. Right, they're and blindsided. They started, yeah, it's like, you know, imagine you live in the Caribbean, you know, these beautiful beaches, and it starts to uh, snow. You're not prepared for that. Right. And this is uh, teaching us that Sometimes it can snow in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. The unexpected can happen. The unexpected can happen and will happen. So yes. we better be prepared. And we are not a culture. And when we say, when I say we, I'm speaking for Mexicans, Venezuelans, Colombians, Argentinians, Chileans, and so on. We are maybe as a climate, I don't know, maybe as a culture, but we need to understand that the better we plan and stick to that plan, right. the better results we will get. Beautiful, well said. So as they create their, or they consider creating their governance, their family constitution, their mission statement, their vision statement, it will, I think um, the concept alone will become easier to talk about and then easier you to write know, down. Yes, uh, I think it's Carl Brunner. Uh, an economist from Chicago University, 
uh, many years ago in the 80s, I think. No, in the 70s, he visited Venezuela. Okay. Uh, I think his name is Carl Brunner. If okay. I'm mistaken, I will let you know. Okay. <laughs> but, but he was speaking that the economies in which the state was responsible of producing, you know, 30% or more, and not the private sector of the, you know, of the economy, of the economy, they were in danger of authoritarian governments and corrupt governments. If a family businesses, if family businesses understand their power, and if they don't, you can see the German example with the Mittelstand. Right. I mean, 70% of German exports come from little family businesses. And if we understand that our, our countries will progress in the same way the, the family companies do it, we understand that if we want even to change our politics on our corrupt regimes or sometimes unfunctional uh, governments, we have to start with our companies because E, we control the money, we will control everything. Yes. My husband has brought that up one time, that family businesses, um, yes, are some of the most impacted, and yet they are also some of the most powerful when they realize it. They stick to the land. I mean, they, they love where everything started, and that gives an extra, a plus for the country, because right. if you're a transnational, you don't care if you're leaving Thailand behind or Australia, it's not your country. I mean, your country is capital. Your country right. is, is the checking account. Right. But in the family businesses, it's different. They do care about wealth, but they care also where, about the place where all started. So how better do you think that Latin family businesses could network in finding one another and supporting? Uh, obviously, tuning into your Instagram channel, but some, what are some of the other ways that they could work together better, find each other, support each other? Well, right now we're working on a Latin American uh, build project. We want to present for, before the OAS. And we want like, to, to be backed by this kind of institutions okay. in order to make this great organizations. It could be like a chamber that will unite you know, Hispanic family businesses. Because, okay. I mean, if they don't see themselves, if they don't comprehend themselves as family business, okay. uh, they will not understand that they are the same breed of companies. And they, the only way they will see all the richness and all the opportunities that will come, that will come is we, we have to make them be acquainted with each other and we have to put them in the same room and they will see, oh, you have the same problems and yes. you find these solutions. I find this interesting yes. because that might work for me. Yes. So if I think about, to play off of what you said, if I think about the concept of legacy, that now if they can better develop their legacy and preserve it, um, it will ensure that what they know can continue another generation and not get swept away by the tide of change or, uh, or blind spots? Uh, there is this company, I don't know if you know it, it's Color New. Okay. They are a Spanish company okay. a, a, from Catalonia. 
okay. in the north north uh, east of Spain. It was founded in 1551. Okay. And they are in the 18th generation now. They, Wonderful. Every year they make like 300 million euros. Okay. They have 216 family members. Okay. And shareholders. And they're a great example of what I think we could build in all Latin America. In other areas, Latin America, absolutely. What do you think made this particular family so successful? Do you think it is um, the fact that they wrote things down if they did? Do you think it is that they just had an amazing product? Do you think it's that they had the support around them in Spain? Uh, I don't think it's about writing things. I know you Americans love, love to write things to write down. Things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We do have many laws, but as you see, we don't stick to them. Yes. Okay. And laws become something in, without importance. Within the families, I actually, you know, the family protocol, you know, this document that uh, establishes all the regulations and how we should conduct ourselves right. in the family ecosystem. I don't think that's a very good uh, answer for a lot of Americans. So it's and, a part, but if- Let me tell you why. Okay, because they have to stick to because, it. Yeah, they don't stick to it. What we have to do is not to write something, I mean, in some cases, due to the complexity and size of the company, it is necessary. Mm -hmm. But in regard to the small and medium-sized businesses, family-sized businesses, it's not necessary. What's necessary is the right culture, the right customs, okay. the right um, behavior. Okay. And you, uh, well, let me give you an example. Uh, here in Venezuela, someone is in his car, and the red light is on. Okay. He doesn't pay attention to it. He goes. <laughs> That's like in Italy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like in Italy. But if that same person goes to Miami and the red light is on, you bet he will never dare mm -hmm. to, try to, 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 irrespect, to disrespect that rule. Okay. The context determines the behavior. What is the context of our family businesses that is not promoting the right behavior in order to attain our goals? Mm -hmm. That's the question. And it's hard to look at oneself sometimes. It's extremely hard. Yes. So um, so it, going back just for a quick second to the company in Spain, is, is there one thing you, that you did, uh, one thing you think that they have done right or they continue to do right? Yes, they have a professional I mean, not necessarily professional management. I mean, they are shareholders and they have not uh, selected a CEO that's not part of, a, of the family. Okay. The CEO is part of the family and there are family members in the board. The thing okay. is that the family members are not there because they're a family. They're there because, because they have what it takes to be there. There is meritocracy. Mm. Without meritocracy, the company's doomed. Okay, well said, well said. So uh, close to, we're close to wrapping up and I just have two more questions. How do you okay. think that coaches and advisors can be the most useful to Latin family businesses today, given what you have seen and heard and understand about this context? 
Well, the value that a coach or a consultant or a mentor can bring depends on the moment. I mean, there are, I think the, the free can add a lot of value to the farm businesses, but it depends on which stage is that company. Right. Sometimes right. they will need a mentor that already knows that business, knows that industry, and will tell you the ups and downs, or will tell you some tricks on how to accelerate your progress. Okay. Sometimes you'll need a coach to maybe raise awareness about the mentality that's bringing you down. Okay. And sometimes you need a consultant with special advice who will tell you if you want to advance in that matter, you have to do this, this, and this. The, the moment is the, more, the most important thing. I mean, okay. sometimes the, the family will, will have to, we have to know when to speak with every, every uh, specialist. Right. Okay. So I, I, I just want to reiterate, it sounds like coaches and advisors can be a neutral third party to bring a little bit of truth to help guide them to the next level of where they need well, to go. Being Latin neutral is not a word I would choose. It's okay. Not a word I would choose. <laughs> but, okay. But uh, sometimes, I mean, as a consultant, sometimes once we have helped and to devise a strategy, the long-term strategy, sometimes our role is to discipline, to, to, to hold accountable, I say this. Yeah, but it's to make them understand that if they are disciplined about respecting the strategy they devised, they will get to the destiny they want. If they don't, well, Yes. Okay. Okay. And final question. What would you like your legacy to be? Uh, you know, when I, when I hear that question, that really, really, really uh, made me have so many images in my mind, but mainly I want to build a Latino McKinsey for okay. family businesses. And I want the family businesses to understand that they have the power to make our countries world-class countries. That's a lovely vision for your legacy. And for anyone that doesn't know what a McKinsey is, would you just uh, briefly explain? Oh, they were the founder of consulting business. Okay. okay. Yes. Right now, maybe they're not the biggest in terms of economics, but they are, you know, a powerhouse about consulting. Okay. Well, I would just like to say thank you so much for the honesty that you've brought to help others oh, understand uh, this context of Latin family businesses, what the history is, what uh, these businesses and these family members are going through, uh, their reactions to the recent changes in the marketplace, as well as a couple of solutions that they can consider, both from an internal mindset, but also externally regarding um, future business decisions as well as resources that are available in the marketplace. So yes. I appreciate your, your visionary leadership, Carlos. No, thank you very much for the invitation. It's, it, it's been a great experience and I hope to see you soon. Okay, thank you so much. I look forward to meeting one day. Sure. Okay. Bye-bye.